we have we have a bishop among us. Oh. If I knew you were coming, I would have allowed you to preach. Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this evening as we come before your word. We thank you that you have allowed this month to dawn upon us. It's a brand new day. And it speaks to us of your faithfulness and your goodness. Thank you for seeing us through all the 11 months of the year so far and bringing us to this time as this. We give you praise, O oh Lord. We just want to thank you. Our hearts are full of thanksgiving. Our hearts are overflowing with, with a theme. And the indicting matter at heart is just to say thank you. We give you praise for all that you've done. And Father, tonight we commit our teaching into your hands. We pray that you have your own way in the lives of your people. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, good evening, church. Welcome to Midweek Bible Study. I trust that the last two weeks we have been blessed by Pastor Jessica and Minister Lily as they have taken us through God's word and actually shared his mind on the subject of Thanksgiving. So God bless you, ladies. Amen. <laughs> Yesterday I was reading an article about somebody who was writing about women should not preach and uh, I don't know, but these type of articles, it really does something to me. Amen. Who told you that God is a respecter of gender? A respecter of persons, a respecter of gender. You know, but anyway, that's another subject for another time. As we all know, 18 days from now, um, it, it will be Christmas. And I believe it can be felt in the atmosphere on all fronts. Um, homes are decorating. When I drive through my neighborhood, it's almost like a competition. I don't know whether they even give awards for that. You know, but in England, I remember the neighborhood in which I lived every every year, they always declare somebody a winner. Always. I don't know how they are able to do the poll, but some way, somehow, when I get the uh, neighborhood papers or something, this house will be declared a winner. I don't know whether it's prevalent here in America, but um, it's nice. I mean, when you drive around, especially at night and the lights and everything, it makes you feel the season. So it's good. Carols have started playing. People are playing carols. I don't know if you go into some of these shops or any retail center, you you hear, or even shopping malls, you, you hear them blasting Christmas. It makes you feel like, wow, just two weeks ago, we were playing Christmas songs. It makes you feel like the year is really going very fast, you know. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, Corporate America is looking to make financial gains. You know, during this time, Corporate America have their flip charts and they are tracking and projecting things and believing, you know, to make great financial dividends, you know. Uh, most, most people who work in Corporate America, you work a lot during this season because the, the prospects of making financial gains are, are very high and they are very prospecting to say the least. Uh, Retail America is also buzzing with a lot of sales and, and stuff like that. There are a lot of sales just because it's the Christmas season. 
Amen. And churches, churches are also prepping up. You know, no church likes to joke with Christmas. It was um, conventionally, it is believed, especially in, in, in American landscape, that Christmas can be one of your um, biggest catch of souls. That's if, if you project yourself very well and advertise and all that stuff. So everywhere it's all going. But with all this going on, there sometimes can be a danger. Uh, the meaning of Christmas can be lost in translation if you don't take care. Even sometimes you see churches that are busily preparing for Christmas and they might not really be able to explain to you what Christmas is about. I'm talking about church now. I'm not even talking about the world. The world, I don't expect them to know better. You know, so that can be quite sad. I must admit, I must admit that the inspiration behind um, this series came as a result of reading an article by Rick Warren eight years ago. Uh, I know it's eight years ago because I bookmarked it. And when I read it, I bookmarked it on my phone. And, and it's been there for eight years. So when I was preparing this series, it, it sort of became my um, go-to resource. Amen. Uh, so today, I just want us to um, talk about the subject of Christmas. What's the big deal? about Christmas. Is it a big deal? Uh, I, I believe that in the next four Wednesdays, that question will be answered. Amen. But first and foremost, where did the name Christmas come from? Uh, it, it is the shortened form of Christ's Mass. So that's what Christmas actually is. You know, so when you see the word Mass, I believe that you know what church actually brought that name about, okay? And it's also from two words, a Greek and Latin. You know, Christ is the, the is, is a Greek name, Christos, which means the anointed one, that's Christ. And then the word Mesa, where you get the word Mass, is from Latin. So if you join them together, it means the celebration of Christ or the Christian Mass. But more apropos, the celebration of Christ. So once you know the origin of the name, it should tell you the significance of the events. So Christmas is about the celebration of Christ. All right. So that's like, this was like 1131. You know, during those times, we had just one church was the Catholic church. We were the most the dominant more organized religion. So what they say, it echoes around as the voice of Christianity. So that, that was it. Around 1131, it was like, okay, we are going to have this thing called Christmas. Now, why December 25th? Personally, so now I use the word personally because it's my personal opinion. It's not really about Christ was really born on December 25th. So sometimes you see a lot of people like to pull hairs about this thing and split hairs, you know, about 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 the dates. I don't think that's really of necessity. Because even if you look at the calendar that we use, January to December, it's called Gregorian calendar. 
Gregorian calendar was introduced to this world by the Catholic Church again in 1582. And Christ came way before 1582. So before 1582, there was nothing like January, February, March. Do you understand? That really did not take place. And before that, you know, when it comes to things that have governed our lives like calendars, we've gone through a a series of them, which I will not want to even touch them. Because prior to even using the Gregorian calendar, we are using what was called Julian calendar, and I will not even want to go into all that. But what I'm trying to say is that when Jesus came on the scene, there was nothing like January, February, March. That is a 16th century phenomenon, okay? So there is no need to even argue about whether... Christ was born on December 25th or not, I think what we should be more preoccupied is the significance of the events, the spiritual significance of the events. But I believe that um, the the, the makers of the Gregorian calendar decided to use December 25th because they looked at the Roman calendar and it was said that Jesus was born on the winter solstice. You know, the Roman calendar, they move by solstice, you know, winter solstice, um, um, spring equinox, summer equinox, and uh, autumn solstice. So this was how they really looked at it because during the Roman time, there were four seasons. So they, they really track whatever they do by equinox and solstices. I understand me. I hope I've, I'm not conf- confusing you. So they really believe that um, Mary, you know, in, in the character, there's something called the Annunciation. The Annunciation is when Angel Gabriel, according to the Bible, visited Mary and said, um, Blessed art thou, O woman, you are highly favored among many women, and gave the announcement that you will give birth to a son. They believe that that happened around the spring equinox. So many of them believe it was around March 25th. So they are looking at nine months after the Annunciation is when Jesus was born. That's why they believe that 25th will be apropos. But they are not saying that 25th was when Jesus was born. Are you understanding me? Because like I said, Gregorian calendar didn't even exist during Jesus' time, right? But but what happened is that they wanted to celebrate Christ and they felt like this would be more of an appropriate day for that to happen. And that's why December 25th is used. So it's not saying, it's not a hardcore truth that Jesus was born December 25th. Because what I'm saying is that there was no January, February, March to December when Jesus was born or when Jesus came on the scene. Are you understanding me? But it's more about look for a day among the calendar where we will have the celebration of Christ because Christ really came according to the Bible and as part of the tenets of our faith. Amen. So that's, that's it. Now when you look at Christmas in America, it has been reduced to Three things. But that's not what Christmas is about. Christmas is bigger than that. 
The first thing that Christmas in America, I'm talking about America. I'm not talking about the world. My world is where I live. I live in America, right? So I believe that anybody who is listening outside the world of America can also relate. But when I look at what is happening here, Christianity has, uh, Christmas, I'm sorry, has been reduced to commercialization. And Christmas is not commercialization. That's why it's very important to understand. Because if you don't understand it, you will just be in the hustle and bustle of the event. And by the time you realize you are not even blessed. Because you don't even know the purpose or the meaning for why you are celebrating that. So I want to believe God that before December 25th, all of us can have a very clear, concise picture of why Christmas is to be celebrated. It's not commercialization. You know, commercialization has more to do with corporate, you know, about managing or running something for financial gain. That's not the purpose of Christmas. It's not. Most people who work during Christmas, you tend to work longer hours. That's the effect of commercialization because you have to do that. You have to put that extra pool and that extra time for financial gain. I, I work, you know, for me in our company, every last five weeks of the year, I do 10 extra hours, 10. So the last five weeks of the year, I do 50 hours. I'm doing 50 hours, not because of anything, but because of, the last five weeks, there are two major events in America. There's the Thanksgiving, there's the Christmas. So you have to work, you know. So, so it's the effect of commercialization. A company is being run and is tasking its employees to do that man and for that management for the purpose of financial gain. Number two, Christmas is not consumerism. It's not about the acquisition of goods. Sometimes there are people who want to buy stuff and they will say, oh, when is Christmas? I'll buy it because it will be on sale. That's the fruit of consumerism. As that's not Christmas. We don't celebrate Christmas because we get to fulfill that dream of buying that shoe, buying that dress, buying that gadget because sales are going to come. You know, consumerism. Yeah. And, 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 you know, just go to retail America now. The, the queues are longer. It's busier. Why? Because things are on sale. That's the reality. It's consumerism right there. And, and for some people, that is all they attach the celebration of Christmas to. That's why Christmas is not just a holiday. It's bigger than a holiday. It's not really a holiday. And I, I don't really say happy holidays because it's bigger than a holiday. It's not MLK Day. This is not Independence Day. This is not Veterans Day. This is the celebration of Christ. That's why it's called Christmas. It's not consumerism. Amen. The third thing is that it's not the celebration of company. 
it will shock you that this Christmas will happen on 25th. Many churches have decided we are not going to meet. Like, wow. Personally, I don't really have Christmas service. Like if Christmas falls on any other day apart from Sunday, which is our day of worship, I don't really have a Christmas service. But this Christmas falls on a Sunday and Sunday is our day of worship. And we will have service. But there are some churches who are like, no, we will not have service. Many churches are like, we will have the Christmas Eve and then that's it. And then Sunday, we celebrate with our friends and family. Which to me, personally, that's I'm, I'm using the word personally, okay? Personally, it doesn't sit right. It doesn't sit right. Who doesn't sit right with? I believe it doesn't sit right with God. <laughs> because we are celebrating him. And what better time to celebrate him than on our various days of worship? Like, if you worship God on Wednesday, if you are an organized church and your day of worship on Wednesday, Sunday or Saturday or whatever, that's not really the case. But I don't think that the celebration should prevent the gathering of the saints or the fellowship of the brethren together. I don't believe so. It's not, the, it's not the celebration of company. It's not about the gathering of friends and family where, you know, they'll be feasting and drinking and partying and all that. You know, all these are side effects, but that is not the main reason why we have Christmas. So Christmas is not about commercialization. It's not about consumerism. It's not about the celebration of company. It's not. So I believe that if you're a Christian, if you call yourself a church and the Christmas happens to be on the day of worship, I believe you should commemorate it one way or another. You know, like I, that's what I, I, I truly believe that. Amen. If, for example, if Christmas happened on a, on, a, on, a, on a, let's say, Thursday or something and we don't have service, we, we don't have service. We are celebrating Christmas. But if it should happen on our day of service, we should have service. We should, at least. So Sunday, we will have church. You know, I know most churches in America on Sunday will close their doors, but we will have service. We will open. And whoever should come is more than welcome. Amen. And sometimes, you know, sometimes I just don't also give in to pressure because they feel like you are becoming too much. We want to spend time with you. Yeah, you spend time with your family. It's service. It's the celebration of Christ. You got to do what is right. Amen. Uh, so Christmas is about Christ. It's not about commercialization. It's not about consumerism. It's not about celebration of company, but it is about Christ. So Let's all remember that. So starting from today, we'll look at four sub-themes. Amen. I want us to look at the relevance of Christmas, the reality of Christmas, the reason for Christmas, and the result of Christmas. So in the next four weeks, we are going to touch base on all these four sub-themes. Amen. So I, re I repeat, the relevance of Christmas uh, the reality of Christmas, the reason for Christmas, and the result of Christmas. So today, let's look at the relevance of Christmas. 
Why is Christmas relevant? It is relevant because God came to earth. That's why it's relevant. And that's why Christmas is a big deal because it has a certain relevance and the relevance is God came to earth. Amen. So open with me to Philippians chapter 2. You know why it's a big deal? It's a big deal because when Neil Armstrong took the first step on the moon, such a big news. A human being has been able to walk on the moon. You know, something that people dreamt about. We never thought it was going to happen in real time. You think that it was always going to be a fantasy. It became real. But there's nothing as real as God creator of heaven and earth, stepping onto the earth as man. There's no news that can compare to that, even your Armstrong's feats or achievements. Amen. So let's look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 6. I'm reading this in a different translation, TLV, uh, Tree of Life version. It says, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Jesus, who though existing in the form of God. How long do you got to know? So, I mean, if you, yeah, we have been doing the John series, we keep hammering this point, and it's a point we have to hammer over and over and over. Jesus is not a man he's not he's not a man in the form of god did not consider it to be equal to god well god don't forget that the same attributes the same divine qualities as god now, let me show you Jesus. Go with me to Revelation. Jesus decided to appear to one of his disciples called John. And John was very surprised to see, quote-unquote, upgraded appearance. Let me even use that word, upgraded appearance. Because to John, he knew Jesus as son of man. He had a son of Mary. On this earth, you were 33, right? But he saw the real Jesus and he, he was shocked. Look at it. Revelation, chapter 1, verse 9. I, John, both your brother and companion. So John was writing this to the churches. And, you know, in that 
con contains the first two to three chapters contains letters he wrote to the churches. But before he starts, he wants people to know where I got this revelation from. I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. Who know, In the Old Testament, who called himself that? In the Old Testament, God called himself that. God says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. That's a title exclusively for God. But here is Jesus saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the first and the last. Jesus shares the same attributes. He's in the form of God. Now, he's going to exhort John. Write what you see in a book. Send it to the seven churches, which are in Asia, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, Pegamos, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Twelve. Then I tend to see the voice that spoke with me. Because it looks like John had the voice behind him. So now John is going to turn to see the voice. And he says the voice was as loud as a trumpet. When he turned, this is what he saw. I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment to the feet, gathered about the chest with a golden band. His head and hair were white like wool. Now, when Jesus came on earth, his head and hair were not white like wool. Are you understanding me? Now, they were as white as snow and his eyes like a flame of fire. When Jesus came on earth, he had natural eyes. His eyes were not like flame. Nobody could. Who is going to work with you if your eyes were like flame of fire? That's why I always tell you that when Jesus came on this earth, he had a very downgraded appearance. It's humiliation. He humbled himself. He was humiliated to take on the form of man. That's the relevance of Christmas. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace. His voice as the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. So all these are symbolisms, all right? And his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. So he cannot really behold Jesus, just like God himself cannot be beheld. One day, Apostle Paul says something in 1 Timothy chapter 6, I believe. He said, God dwells in unapproachable light. Unapproachable light. Nobody has it. God, God, he, the, the light where God dwells in is unapproachable. Nobody can approach him. But we will be able to approach him at the close of the end of this age. Amen.
And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. He laid his right hand on me, saying, Do not be afraid. I am the first and last. I am he who lives, was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. I have the keys of hate and death. Write the things which you have seen and the things which are, and the things which will take place after this. The mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands which you saw are the seven churches. I believe that Pastor Robert touched on this when we did the book of Revelation. It's on the podcast. If you look at it, you'll be able to listen. Amen. So that was Jesus. When John saw Jesus, he collapsed. And what I find funny is that Jesus did not refer to him by his earthly title or earthly name. Right? His earthly name was Jesus. He referred to John as his divine title and personality. He said, I am the first and the last. See, I'm in the form of God. I'm like God. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. He told John, you know me. I am that one. John died. <laughs> so he had never seen something like that before. He just died. This was someone he hung around with. This was the one who was a disciple of Jesus, knew him, had traveled with him for three years of ministry. Now he saw him in his heavenly visage, his divine appearance. And he wasn't human. Not flesh and blood. He's God. In the form of God. That's why Philippians chapter 2 verse 6 is that he did not consider it robbery to be because he was God. For us, we will consider it robbery to be equal with God. Yeah, we are not equal with God. We are not. We are not little gods. We are not. Consider it robbery to be equal with God. That the theology about little gods, which means that we are God, it's wrong, completely, completely wrong. We will consider it robbery to be equal with God. We are not God. But Jesus does not consider it robbery to be equal with God because he is God. He's the Alpha and the Omega, just like God the Father. He's the first and the last, just like God the Father. He's the one who died and rose again and has the authority over hates and death. He is God. That is the relevance of Christmas. Christ came down. This is why we celebrate Christmas. We celebrate Christmas to remind ourselves of the relevance of Christmas. Christ, who was God, came down. He came down. Downgraded his appearance took on the form of man for our sakes. Philippians chapter 2. 
Verse 7. But he emptied himself, taking on the form of a slave, becoming the likeness of man, and being found in appearance as a man. You see, he emptied himself. He emptied himself of his divine attributes, became a man. That's why we celebrate Christmas. That was God. Jesus being born was not the fetus of a woman. That was God. Came on this earth. Humbled himself. That word humble is humiliation. Humiliated himself. One of the things that nobody likes is downgrades. Who likes downgrades? Nobody likes downgrades. It's more like a humiliation. Downgrade your pay. Downgrade the car you drive. Downgrade the size of your house. No, nobody likes downgrade. Who likes downgrade? It's it's humiliation. But that's what Jesus did. So that the celebration of Christ can be relevant. Downgraded everything about himself to become like a man. And was born. Not because he was the son of man, but he was God. He emptied himself, kenosis, emptied himself of everything. He was equal with God, in the form of God, emptied himself. Became a man. And then he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even on a cross. And then look at verse 9. For this reason, God highly exalted him, gave him a name that is above every name. That's the name Jesus. For, for coming on this earth, fulfilling the task for which he was called. And when we do the reason for Christmas, the reason for Christmas was Jesus came to die. He fulfilled the reason for Christmas. And for that reason, God has highly exalted him and given him the name that is above every name. That at the mention of that name, Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. So God became man, came to this earth. That's the first thing. It's the good news. He came to this earth with his splendor, with his glory. He came to this earth. So our text for this whole series will be Philippians chapter 2. The relevance of Christmas, God came to earth. The reality of Christmas, he became man. The reason for Christmas, he came to die. And the result of Christmas, Jesus is Lord. So we'll do all this from the, 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 this text that we have read. So 
The next four weeks, starting from today, we are going to look into this text, Philippians chapter 2. Amen. So now, go with me to Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. Our guest speaker, Reverend Felix Fofoy, touched on this in the month of November when he, he ministered our last guest speaker. Verse 15, this is Christ that Paul is talking about. He is the image of the invisible God. He's the image. That means when you see Jesus, you see God. He's in the form of God, the appearance of God. He has the same divine attributes as God the Father. He is God. So what Jesus came to do was he came to present the picture of who God is. Like I said, the Israelites had a very abstract view of who God the Father is. Jesus came in the flesh to show this is God. He showed God by nature. He showed God by words. He showed God by deeds. He is the image of the invisible God. So the, 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 the works or the deeds, the words of Jesus the nature of Jesus was God. That is why he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Hebrews 1, it says that through him and by him were all things on this earth created. So he is the firstborn of our creation. And then verse 16 of Colossians chapter 1, reiterates what was written in Hebrews 1. For by him all things were created that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. It's for this reason that is why that name Jesus has so much power. The firstborn of our creation. That is why when that name is used, Everything has to bow. Because it's the firstborn of our creation. Amen. And then, and he is before all things. And in him, all things consist. So he's before all things. So Jesus didn't appear on the scene because Mary gave birth to him. Jesus was before all things. He was involved in creation. By him, all things were created. It is this God we are talking about who came to earth in the form of a fetus. And that is why we celebrate Christmas. And he is the head of the body, the church, and is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. He's God. You see, no human being has preeminence. No human being. 
only that preeminence belongs to God. And that's why Jesus is in the form of God because he has all the preeminence. If you're a human being and you want to have the power and the position of preeminence, you are another God. And God gave his commandments, thou shalt serve no other God than me. Preeminence. That means you should be the first, the foremost authority. You should be the first, the principal thing in the life of everybody. No human being has that power. That's another God. Nebuchadnezzar tried, and God humbled him by turning him into an animal for seven years. God doesn't take lightly when you want to take the preeminence. You want to be the first, the foremost, the chiefest, and the principal thing in everybody's life. God doesn't take pleasure in that. Jesus is because he came in the form of God. He is God. He has the nature of God. He did the works or the deeds of God and the words that he spoke were of God. That's Jesus. So this evening we are thankful to God that we get another opportunity to celebrate this festival called Christmas. Whenever we, we celebrate Christmas, always remember that it's relevant because God himself, God himself came to this earth and that is something that we can rejoice about. Amen. I'm down for tonight. If you have any questions or contribution, they are more than welcome. God bless you. Do you understand today's topic? Yes. Does anybody have any contribution or question? Hi, Pastor Jessica. So, um, more of a contribution. I, uh, I think, especially like the uh, in the beginning, what you were talking about, um, Jesus being God and He's not a man. And I think we sometimes is it. It is a hard uh, truth to grasp. I think because. Um, 
he was in flesh here, um, especially when we read Revelation. And when you were reading that scripture, I thought, wow, so he was hi- was it hiding it? I don't know if he was hiding it or just um, disguising it, maybe because we couldn't we couldn't see it. And then I think if we were to see it, we would pass out like John did. So he would have to come in a way that uh, we could accept, sort of. And I think that that thought is important uh, that we process that. And, you know, in, in the light of celebrating uh, Christ this month, um, I think that it's, it's, a good, it's a good thought. Yeah, Amen. that was my contribution. Amen. So the song, Petit Papa Noel, Jesus is not Petit Papa Noel. Mm-hmm. He came in the form of Petit Papa Noel, a French Christmas song. But he's not Petit Papa Noel. He's God. I always remember that. Amen. Who else? If we don't have any contribution or question, what have you learned tonight? Nobody. Nobody has learned anything tonight. The meaning of of what Christmas is, um, and that the day should be celebrated, and um, what it came to be on that day. That's um something that stuck out to me. Oh, okay, all right, great. Who else? One more. So we uh, learned that um, Christian, uh, sorry, Christmas is relevant because God came in the flesh. And so it's worth celebrating Christmas. As we celebrate Christmas, we are reminded that God came in the flesh to this earth and was born. Amen. Christmas is relevant because God came to this earth. Jesus in the form of God. It's not the son of Mary. As the French people will sing Petit Papa Noel. He's not Petit Papa Noel. He came in the form of Petit Papa Noel, but his nature is his God. Came in the form of God. We should never forget that. That is the reason why Christmas is a big deal. God once came 
to this earth in the form of Jesus. Amen. And like I said, in the subsequent weeks, we will see the reality of Christmas, the reason for Christmas, and the result of Christmas as we go through this study. So, Father, we want to thank you for tonight as we have studied your word. May we know the reason for the season that is Christ, the star of Christmas. Give you praise, O oh Lord, for tonight. We commit the rest of our days into your hands. We thank you that we will have a prosperous week, we will have a victorious week, we will have a blessed week ahead of us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, God bless you guys. God willing, please note it. Saturday, we are having work of ministry seminar with Dr. Lebisoga. Amen. Uh, Lebisoga is the senior pastor of Living Streams International in Reading, UK. He's gonna, it's going to be a great blessing to us as we have our last work of ministry seminar for the year with him. Amen. And God willing, when we meet um, on Saturday, I will give you the dates for 2023. Amen. So until then, have a very good night. Um, enjoy the rest of your week. And God willing, I'll see you on Saturday at 7 p.m. God bless you. <music>